Good morning, Cross Point. Hope you guys are doing well. Thank you so much for worshiping with us today. Kids, you can be released for Children's Church now. And then before we jump in today, I just want to make a brief announcement that next Sunday after the service, we're going to be having a partners meeting. Now, partners are synonymous with members, like you might hear members in other churches. And what we mean by that, it's those who have made an official covenant commitment to this particular local body at Cross Point. And so if that's you, we would encourage you to come into that meeting after the service. Um, We have two partner meetings each year. One is the end of January. One is towards the end of August. And so this is the one that we're coming up the end of August. And Really, we try to do two things during this meeting. And one, we, we say, by God's grace, we want to look back and see where we've been. What has God done? Where are we at? And then, according to God's will, where do we hope to go in what he has planned for us in these coming months? And so, next week after the service, we'll take about a 10, 15-minute break as we uh, just shuffle about, and then we'll come back in for that meeting. Now, if you are not presently a partner but you're curious and you want to know, okay, what does this mean? What is this family meeting? You are more than welcome to join us. This is not a closed meeting. We want to be an open book. So if you're like, hey, we kind of want to see behind, what are you talking about? Please feel free to come and join us uh, during that meeting. So again, that's next Sunday after the service. Now, two weeks ago, we started a new series called uh, Lessons from the Waiting Room. This series has been born out of kind of my summer, where a short trip turned into a month and a half long trip as my dad was having open heart surgery, and that led into life-threatening complications that kind of left us on the edge of life and death through that time. And this series was kind of birthed out of that time sitting in the waiting room, not knowing what was going to happen. Typically, we go through books of the Bible. We're going to be doing that again in the fall, but where my heart and mind and spirit was in this season was just to walk through the raw realities of who God is in our deepest moments. What I feel like he was speaking to my own heart in the midst of the grief, in, in the midst of the potential loss. And so that, that's where we're at today. So where we started the series is it was the simple truth that the, the scripture repeats over and over again, that life is fragile, right? Like life is a vapor. We're here one moment and gone the next. And, and the scripture tells us that there is wisdom to be gained when we number our days carefully. And that there would be a call for us to consider that, that tomorrow isn't guaranteed. Let us be faithful today. And then last week, it was the truth that the scripture says, God draws near the brokenhearted. How sweet a truth, and yet how often in our own shame and in our own brokenness do we push others and God away? And yet even through that stiff arm, God draws near. And he doesn't just draw near, but he, he's aware of our sufferings. He's walked through those sufferings himself. He, he invites us to allow him to carry our sorrows. But even more than that, as he takes our sorrows, he purchased peace on our behalf through his death on the cross. And so we see what we're being invited into. This week, the title is born out of a comment 
that my parents' pastor said to me while we were sitting in the waiting room, kind of at one of those lowest moments. Have you ever had somebody say something to you and it's, it just sticks and it kind of repeats and you realize there's layers to this and it, it continues to roll around in your heart and mind. This was this statement and it was simply this, there's meaning in the mundane and it's true. In a moment of crisis, we realize that there's meaning in the everyday stuff of life. The parts that seem meaningless, routine, the ongoing rhythm and mundane, the, the ordinary everyday things. The moments that it just feels like another day at the office, another day of classes, more dirty dishes, dirty diapers, dirty laundry. Have you ever had that? Like you clean the kitchen and all the dishes are clean and you leave and you come back and they're there again. And you're like, I just did this. And you just, and then after a while, it's just like day after day. And you're like, what's the meaning of it all? And we can grow discontent. Life begins to feel meaningless. And we can grow restless in the midst of the mundane rhythms. And then one day... Your world gets turned upside down. And it's as though the snow globe of life is violently shaken, and all of a sudden, you can't see clearly what's inside. And in that moment of chaos, you realize what a gift yesterday was, what a joy there was in the Monday normalcy of every day that preceded. That's the heart I want to get to this morning, that we would see that God invades the everyday, the mundane, the ordinary, and he's present there today in this moment. So let's pray, and then we're going to dive in. Lord, I thank you for this time this morning. Lord, I, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your presence that draws near. Lord, when we are brokenhearted and when we are joyful, Lord, you are present. You are present when we're going through the big events in life and you're present in the ordinary days of standing there washing dishes. You're present. Lord, I pray that the beauty of this truth would be impressed on our hearts this morning. And let us taste the sweetness of your presence in the midst of our ordinary everyday lives. And in Jesus' name, amen. The first thing that stood out to me was this, that today is a gift. Like if we really stop and think, like today is a gift. There's a passage that if you've grown up in church, you've heard over and over again, Psalm 118.24. You'll see it on the screen. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And sometimes what we think about this on Sundays, right? When we gather, this is the day as if this day was different than yesterday. But this day, God has made Sometimes we reduce this to just some other special day. And this psalm was written to remember God's path, past and present faithfulness. It was one of the, the praise psalms. As we learned about this past summer, the different kinds of psalm, this was a psalm of praise and it was to lift the hearts. But I want us to see that there is a simple yet profound truth in this common verse 
a, a truth that, that, that if we'll stop and pause, I feel as though it's staring at us unblinkingly. Like, did you hear what it says? Do you feel what it says this day? This is the day that the Lord has made. God made today. He ordained it. He purposed it. Right? He created today, today in all its ordinary mundaneness, the the ordinary aspect that on Sundays my alarm clock goes off at the same time. I make my cup of coffee. I drive the same road. I get here basically at the same time. We sing two songs. We do a sermon. Like you sit in the same pew. Like we go through the same, right? It can feel ordinary. And yet God made today, today, uniquely with a purpose. He ordained it. He made this day different from every other day that preceded it. And today is a gift. We learn this. If you combine this thought with what we learned about in week one, that life is a vapor. Here today, gone tomorrow, it vanishes. These moments when it feels like one day bleeds into another day, bleeds into another day, and you can no longer distinguish them. And then we step back and we say, but God made this day. This moment, and we're not guaranteed another day. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. And so what does God have this day? Let us not despise the ordinary, the mundane, the rhythms of life. We start to think, like, what will life be like tomorrow? Right? Won't it be better tomorrow? A new job, graduate, kids, get a home, meet that special someone finally. And it all takes our eyes off today that God has made. And it says, maybe tomorrow I'll be happy. Maybe tomorrow I'll rejoice. Maybe tomorrow I'll be glad. And it begins to lift our eyes from today in who God is and what he's done, and it begins to want to place our hope in something later. There is a purpose to be mindful today because here's what happens. When death stands in the doorway of your home and tomorrow may never be, your perspective changes. Because all the tomorrows, all the maybes, all the someday's are suddenly gone. And all you have is that moment. All you have is the mundane ordinariness that preceded it. And you realize what a gift it has been all along. And you were so busy waiting for tomorrow, waiting for the someday that you missed the gift of today. It's the day that the Lord has made. But when death stands there and there's no more tomorrow, you feel the meaning of the mundane. That today is from God. Now, hear me in this. It's not wrong to be excited about the someday. I think of my son and and his fiance. They're getting married December 17th. 
Like, this is coming. Is it wrong to be excited about that? No, it's not wrong to be excited about that. But if that someday, if God wills, starts to distract from what God has today, if that begins to, all the hope is for, won't it be better when we're married and it takes away from who they are today and what God has for them today, then, then we do need to do a heart check. It's not bad to be hopeful, God willing for the future, but let us be mindful of the present. Think about it today. Think about what it says. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Let us rejoice and be glad in today. Today who God is. What are you grateful for today? It's not just a rhetorical question. If you're taking notes, think about it. Take a moment. Write it down. What are you grateful for today? That is true right now, in this moment. What are you grateful for? What would you say? Say it out loud. What are you grateful for today? Family? Well, is that say it loud? I'm having a hard time hearing. Life. Health. Spouse. Kids. <laughs> what do you rejoice in, in who God is right this moment, today, who he is and what he has done that is true today as we sit here? What do you rejoice in? What was that? Shepherd? Faithful. Unconditional love. Provision. Yes. The word? Comforter? Think about this. We could go on and on all morning. This is true now, today. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. It's not just something we're hoping for tomorrow. This is something that's true today. In the midst of the routine, it's true today that God has given us. So let us rejoice and be glad. But here's the thing. Sometimes we can reduce life to the, the milestones. I'm kind of comparing and contrasting milestones versus moments. The milestones, those big, impactful moments that happen in life. Like I can reduce my life story to that moment when I graduated high school and which college am I going to go to and I choose a particular college and there I meet my wife. While there and then getting married, having kids and adopting kids. These high marks. I think about the decision to, to come to Orlando rather than work for an organization up in Virginia. All these things that feel like these milestone events. And here's the thing. We can reduce Jesus' story to just those milestones, can't we? 
just these big events, and, and we can miss the ordinary everyday moments. We can say, Jesus, born of a virgin in the manger in Bethlehem. Jesus, the one who ministered and performed miracles in Galilee. Jesus, who was crucified and rose from the dead in Jerusalem. But his life was so much more than these milestone events. There was also the everyday aspect of life. Those ordinary moments when Jesus got tired and fell asleep on a boat. There was Jesus on the, on the beach having breakfast with his friends. Like imagine for a moment, Jesus in the midst of Florida heat, right? Like you sweat from the car walking inside here, praying that the AC is going to work today. Right? Like this was kind of my walk in, like, please let it work. And imagine Jesus standing outside, sweating in the heat. And here's this lady walking out of the grocery store, out of the local Publix, and she's carrying two cases of water. Right? And she's carrying because she doesn't want to find where to park the cart. And so she's just trying to carry it, get to the car, running her errand for the day. And Jesus is there. And he's like, man, I'm thirsty. Can I just have a, a, a cup of water, please? Can you just give me one of those bottles? And then they have a conversation. And in the midst of this strange conversation, Jesus offers her living water. And he's like... The lady's like, you asking me for water, you don't have any water, what's this living water? And then all of a sudden, in this everyday errand of life, just going to the grocery store, if you will, to pick up something, Jesus invaded that everyday routine. Isn't this what John 4 tells us in the Gospel of John of the woman at the well? She was just going there to do the daily errand that was done every day before that and the days that followed, and yet Jesus invaded that moment. Think of the disciples. Put it in modern terms. The disciples sitting as if they're sitting in their cubicle at work working on a spreadsheet, and then all of a sudden Jesus comes by, and their day, like every day that preceded it, is now changed. Isn't that what the disciples were doing when they're sitting on the boat mending their nets, fishing? They were going about their daily routine, and all of a sudden, Jesus invaded. And in that moment of everyday life, it became something so much more. Life was transformed. Every sick and disabled person throughout the Gospels going about their everyday routine, and then all of a sudden, the sick are healed, the disabled are healed. Think of the little boy carrying the brown bag lunch that his mom packed probably like the mornings before then. Here's some bread, here's some tuna, put it in the bag, make sure you're home before dark. Did she know as she put those loaves in his lunch? Did the little boy know in the lunch that he was carrying that Jesus would use that to feed more than 5,000? It was just a bag lunch. It was just the everyday thing of packing the kids' lunch for school, if you will, and God used that. I don't want us to miss how God invades those everyday moments. Because I think about that in my own life. Think about it in your own. Like my dad, when I would get in trouble. I feel like he wanted to make a milestone event. 
And so we sat down and there was a lecture that happened, right? And I'm sure he said many wonderful, wise things. I didn't listen to any of it. This is not his, this was my own issue, not his. But all it became is Charlie Brown's teacher, right? Like, how much longer am I done? Can I go now? I just want to go play. Yes, yes, yes. I won't throw tomatoes at the neighbor's house. Like, we can, can I go? But then there were moments. A bike ride through the mountains. That significantly ended up shaping how I relate to God. There were drives on Saturday to the barbershop when we both had hair, right? (laughs) That have impacted the way I pray since then. I was just reminded last week, I think it was, one of my daughters said she has kept a receipt from a time that I was running an errand to the store and she came along with and she asked for candy or something, and I bought it for her. And I gave her what she asked for along with the receipt. And I've tried in a thousand ways to tell my kids how much I love them. But somehow in that moment, not even realizing it was a moment, she felt loved to the degree that she still has this receipt in her bedroom. God invades our everyday in ways we do not expect. It's in the midst of the mundane. It's in the everyday moments of ordinary life. And so how do we live each moment to the glory of God? How do we live present in the moment? Not just those high dramatic events of, Lord, let me be faithful. If, if someone put a gun to my head and asked if I'm going to profess Christ, we say, let me be, be faithful in these dramatic moments. But what about the everyday, mundane, ordinary life? Lord, let us be faithful there. And the passage that came to mind is found in Deuteronomy, and it's known as the Shema. It's a prayer that was practiced morning and evening in ancient Judaism. It's kind of, if you think about the Lord's Prayer in the New Testament that Jesus gives us in the Sermon on the Mount and the way that we may pray, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. This was a prayer that the Jewish people would pray in the morning and in the evening. And that's where it got the term Shema, which in Hebrew means prayer. And it's this, listen, pray, O Israel, the Lord, our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord, your God, with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. Think about this for a moment. It's making this statement that is true for all of us. Listen, O Israel, the Lord, our God. The Lord is one. God is true outside of my belief, outside of your belief. God is God, and he alone is God, and he is one. The Lord, our God, that is true, that reigns supreme, but now all of a sudden it goes personal. It goes into your response. Love the Lord, your God, your God, with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. 
And when Jesus was asked, what is the greatest commandment? What is the greatest commandment? If you were to sum up all the Old Testament, what is the greatest commandment? Where did he point but here? To the Shema, to the prayer that was on the lips of the people morning and night. The Lord, the Lord, our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. This is what Jesus pointed to as the greatest commandment. Because how we live each mundane moment, every ordinary day to the glory of God is found in a heart that is surrendered to God. That says, Lord, how do I love you with my whole heart? Help my heart to rejoice and be glad today with your whole soul. Help my soul to savor the sweetness of Christ and the beauty of the gospel. Help me taste its sweetness, Lord, with everything that I am. With all my strength, Lord, strengthen my faith to trust in you when I doubt, when I fear. It's the prayer that, that's called to be on our lips morning and night that begins to saturate the everyday moments of our life. Now, why would I say this? Because that's exactly how God applies this prayer. Why he says these words should be on our lips. This is why he says, pray this prayer, pray this Shema. Because look at, it's not up on the screen, I should have made a slide for this, but the very next verse in Deuteronomy 6, this is Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9, if you want to turn there. So that was 4 and 5, that the Lord, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, is verse four. Then to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, verse five. And then verse six, these words, these words that, that I'm giving to you. Now you have God telling us, why did you give me these words, God? Like this is where you can start to have a conversation in scripture. Why did you tell us to pray these words? Why should these words be on our lips? Well, this is why. These words that I'm giving to you today are to be in your heart. Let them be impressed on your heart again and again that as life swells and circumstances happen and we begin to doubt and our hearts begin to wonder, impress them on your heart. Let the imprint of this truth forever change your life day and night so that, verse 7, repeat them to your children. Talk about them when you sit in your house and talk about it when you walk along the road. Talk about it when you lie down. Talk about it when you get up. Do you see what it's doing? This prayer isn't just meant for something that's in church. It's not just meant for ceremony. It's not just meant for these special occasions. It's meant to impress on our hearts so that it's lived out every day. When you're sitting around the dinner table, when you're walking in to get groceries, when you're standing in line, when you're riding your bike through the mountains, when you're driving to get your hair cut, let this truth be on your hearts and lips because in those moments... Lives are changed. God invades those seemingly insignificant moments to bring about 
change that we cannot even fathom and we may have not even intended. And so let it be on our lips, let it be on our hearts so that as we go about the ordinary everydayness of life, we see its meaning and we see that Jesus invades the everyday. Tish Harrison Warren in her book, The Liturgy of the Ordinary, Sacred Practices in Everyday Life, writes this. God made us to spend our days in rest, work and play, taking care of our bodies, our families, our neighborhoods, our homes. What if all these boring parts matter to God? What if days passed in ways that feel small and insignificant to us are weighty with meaning and part of the abundant life that God has for us? Think about this. That if we are to be transformed by the beauty of the gospel and who Christ is, and, and we study these big concepts of who is Christ, God, the scripture, eternity, the church, and all of these beautiful truths have to rub against our everyday life. Because how I spend this ordinary, mundane life in Christ is how I spend every day in Christ. The culture craves milestones, we crave big events, big opportunities. But I believe that it is in the mundaneness of everyday life that God is present and he is inviting us into solitude and awareness. To be silent. Make space for silence. Make space for repetition. Make space for what seems to be mundane because that's where we sustain a life of faith. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you that you are present not just here today in this moment, but you're present with us in the car ride home. You're present with us when there's dirty dishes and dirty laundry waiting for us. Lord, you're present with us when we go to the workplace, when we go to the classroom, Lord. Lord, would you impress on our hearts the reality of your presence. Help us to be aware of your presence in the everyday. Help us to see that there is meaning and purpose in those everyday, ordinary aspects of life, Lord. Lord, help us to not just wait for the next thing that's tomorrow or the day after. But Lord, help us to be mindful that you made today. You made this moment for your purpose and for your glory. And let us rejoice and be glad in it. And Lord, we ask all of this in the name of Jesus. Amen.